Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Militant Affection. I am your lovely host, Matt Miller, and I am in a new apartment recording this. And um, I hope you enjoy um, the audio and the way I'm speaking, because this is new me in a new area. <clears throat> Always uh, going to start by clearing my throat, because I don't, I don't speak during the day. The only time I speak is when I'm talking to you on this. But today I do have a plan. <laughs> today I do have a plan. I was going to talk about cannibalism. Now, why might I talk about cannibalism? Because it's awesome. And if you've never eaten a person, today is your day. Because I'm going to describe to you how delicious it is to munch on a human being. A human being, which raises a question: Why do they call us human beings? Now. I don't know why, so we'll, 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 we'll see. Okay, originally, why do we call ourselves humans? It's, de- it's a, derivative of the, a de- derivative of a Latin word, humanus, which is, it's spelled H-U-M-A-N-U-S, hum-anus, which is when you hum into an anus, was actually the first, you believe in evolution? You know, I know no one can answer me, but the first people were invented when a, um, a frog hummed into the anus of another frog, and out came a humanus, and which originally uh, wasn't a human until it became a human. <laughs> oh, God, science is not a strong point, but it is always something I can say I'm talking about, science. Uh, why do people keep talking and joking about humans? What is this, a Slate.com article from 2016? Why do people keep talking and joking about humans? All right, fuck it. I'm talking about cannibalism. No, let's read a little bit of this article. Uh, If you have a favorite human, the latest in GIF technology now allows you to let him or her know know it in no uncertain terms. You are my favorite human, GIF. Fuck it. I'm tired of reading this shit. This is the most boring shit of all time. It's robot humor, and I do enjoy robot humor. But... Uh, I need to move on. Okay. Cannibalism. You guys like cannibalism? Human cannibalism is the act of or practice of humans eating the flesh or internal organs of other human beings. A person who practices cannibalism is called a cannibal. The meaning of cannibalism has been extended into zoology, zoology to describe an individual of a species consuming all or part of another individual of the same species as food, including sexual cannibalism. Okay, now I need to figure out what sectional sectional cannibalism is. No, sexual cannibalism. Sexual cannibalism is when an animal... An anim- (laughs) I'm literally the worst speaker. I I record these every week and my mouth... Just brings out sounds that do not uh, create a good for the create it good for the listener. But you know, sexual cannibalism is when an animal cannibalizes its mate prior to or after co- copulation, which is uh, sex fucking. When animals are fucking, so they can either eat it before or after. Us humans, we like to eat pussy before, during, and after. We're technically sexual cannibals. With the amount of pussy eating that humans do. (laughs) 
It is a trait observed in many arachnid orders and several insect orders. Several hypotheses to explain this seemingly paradoxical behavior has been, have been proposed. The adaptive forging hypothesis. Aggressive spillover hypothesis. Alright, fucking, I don't really care about this shit. Let's learn about uh, male adaptive behaviors, because I like talking about dudes. This is a dude-centric podcast. So, here we go. This is in the animal kingdom, sexual cannibalism, opportunistic mating. You're going to learn a lot on this one. This is uh, a big learning episode. <laughs> this is how I, I really extend things. I go, you're going to learn a lot, big learning episode. You guys are used to it by now if you've been listening. If you, this is your first time, we're in it. Opportun- opportunistic mating. <clears throat> The risk of cannibalism becomes greatly reduced when opportunistic mating is practiced. Opportunistic mating has been characterized in numerous orb-weaving spider species, species, such as Nephilia fenestrata, where the male spider waits until the female is feeding or distracted, and then proceeds with copulation. This greatly reduces the chance of cannibalization. Uh, What is going on with my computer right now? I am... Uh, oh, okay, well, I was recording an audio, uh, a video, but it just says my computer's full, even though I just spent $10 on fucking cloud space, but I guess it's too full to record a video. This is going to be an audio-only one. Sorry, folks. <laughs> okay. Um, and then proceeds copulation. This really reduces the chance of cannibalization. This distraction can be facilitated by the male's presentation of nuptial gifts, where they provide a distracting meal for the female in order to prolong copulation and increasing paternity. Okay, is copulation how you pronounce that word? I feel like I'm pronouncing it like an idiot here. Copulation. Let me get a robot, or let me click this. Copulation. You hear that? Copulation. Copulation. Not to be confused with copunation, which is just a nation full of cops. <laughs> copulation. Copulation. Oh no, maybe a copulation would be like the cop population. Copulation. Like you go into like a copulation. a part of a city, and you're like, what's the Population. Can you hear? Can you hear that? What's the? Population. And they'll be like, "Oh, there's a lot of cops in here," and I'll be like, "Damn, that's such a big." Population. <laughs> there's way there's way too much of a. Population. In this part of town, I wish there was more of a. Population. Going on, more of a, more fucking going on. You know what I mean? So basically, oppor- opportunistic mating is just code word for rape, but in. Animals don't rape. They're just opportunistic maters. <laughs> uh, damn. So they distract the female, and then they start fucking it. Opportunistic mating. They should really call that raping. Why do spiders get away with rape? Why do we love spiders so much we're not classifying them as criminals? You know? Here's another one. Altered sexual approach. Multiple methods of sexual approaches have appeared in cannibalistic species as a result of sexual cannibalism. The mechanism by which the male approaches the female is imperative for his survival. 
If the female is unable to detect his presence, the male is less likely to face cannibalization. So, okay, I guess they don't consider it rape because the female can easily kill the uh, the male, you know? <laughs> or, or, or they would. Um, this is evident in the mantid species, Tendora aridifolia, where the male alters his approach utilizing the surrounding windy conditions. The male attempts to avoid detection by approaching the female when the wind impairs her ability to hear him. So these uh, spiders use wind as a distraction. On a wind, on a gusty, windy day, they sneak up on their mates and start banging their little spider pusses. In the praying mantid species, Pseudomantis albfumerato, the males approach the female either from a slow mounting from the rear, which is a strong way to approach a female, you know, classic slow mounting from the rear approach, <clears throat> or a slow approach from the front. Either way, you're going slow for this bitch <laughs> position to remain undetected. Excuse me. God, I'm not saying excuse me before I burp. I always have to burp all day. The male alters his approach through the utilization of the surrounding windy conditions. And thus, the risk of facing cannibalization is reduced. Now, I knew about um, how these bugs cannibalize each other. It's the female cannibalizes the male, so the male has to be sneaky with his fucking... So I guess it's not it's not rape because it's the usual. It's the it's it's how they actually rape for these animals would be or insects would be if they consented, because <laughs> that would be unnatural. That would mean that the female isn't eating the male, you know. So uh, if I don't know if I can name this episode, uh, spider rape is consensual sex. I think people might get the wrong opinion. But that's what uh, I'm explaining here, this part of the episode. You can just, re whatever I put as the title, that was the, that's the real title. I feel like people, I like to put, you know, grabbing titles, but that one might be a little too far for me, you know? <clears throat> Maybe I'll just call it consensual spider sex. Well, I'm trying to talk about cannibalism. Wait, let me finish with this shit. <laughs> Way off topic here. Okay, mate guarding. Sexual cannibalism has impaired the ability of the orb-weaving spider, N. fenestrata, to perform mate guarding. If a male successfully mates with a female, he then exhibits mate guarding, inhibiting the female from remating, thus ensuring his paternity and eliminating the sperm competition. Guarding can refer to the blockage of female genital openings to prevent further insertion of a competing male's pedipalps or spider cock or physically guarding from potential mates wait for, he's so he blocks a spider's pussy to prevent other spider cocks from getting in uh, guarding can decrease female remating by 50 to percent males who experience gentle mutilation can sometimes exhibit the gloves off hypothesis, which. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, I'm just fucking, I don't even know what I'm reading here. Uh, 
uh, the gloves off hypothesis, which states that a male's body weight and his endurance are inversely proportional. Thus, when a man's body weight decreases substantially, he endu- his endurance increase increases as a result, allowing him to guard his female mate with increased efficiency. Oh, so like a spider will cut off his own dick so he's faster than dicked spiders to prevent other spider dicks from getting into spider pussies is how it should have been written on this article I'm reading on Wikipedia. <laughs> what a silly world world the spiders live in. Can you imagine guarding guarding your mate, you know, guarding your loved female and being like, no one else is going to get their dick in here. I mean, that's like jealousy... Spiders are the most jealous, you know? We get pretty jealous. What if their spiders had an open relationship? What am I getting at? This this should be easy jokes for me right now, but I'm really whew, struggling. I'm whiffing on all of them. Gloves off technique. That's such a funny way to quote it. That's when a spider cuts off his dick so he's faster to prevent other spider dicks from fucking his lady. <laughs> gloves off. That's like a future spider. Like mask off, gloves off. You ain't fucking my bitch. She's having my little spider babies and I'm going to guard it. <laughs> what a funny world. The, the What a funny way the world is. Do you think there's like a spider that like... That goes gloves off, but then watches other spiders fuck his mate. Like the ultimate cuckold. Like he's not allowed to spider come anymore because his dick is ripped off. You think that's a real thing? (laughs) And he's just like in the corner with his glove off. Like, damn, my bitch is getting fucked by all these other bigger spiders. And this is awesome. (laughs) That's called mate cucking. Okay, mate binding. Mate binding, I'm going through all these, what was this again? The male adaptive behaviors. (laughs) You know, someone has to have put these together for men, right? There has to be like how, okay, let me Google how human men act when mating. I know, I know we're all humans. Oh, human mating strategies. There's a whole Wikipedia on this. That is silly. Oh, and then there's a picture of these, this man and woman, a human mated pair. (laughs) What, what, what a crazy... I'm just going to read the headlines here. Parental investment. Okay. Okay, here's a sort of mating. Human mating is inherently non-random. Despite the common notion of opposites attract, humans generally prefer mates who share the same or similar traits, such as genetics, quantitative phenotypes like height or body mass index, skin pigmentation, the level of physical attractiveness, disease risk, race or ethnicity. Well, already this is getting a little, uh, you know, a little dicey saying we prefer certain race or ethnicity. Why is our mating strategy racist? <laughs> Facial features, socioeconomic factors such as potential income level and occupational prestige, cultural backgrounds, moral values, religious beliefs, Political orientation, perceived personality traits such as conscientiousness <laughs> or extroversion. I don't know why I can't say words. Wait, conscientiousness. Con- I know the word, and you probably know the word too. You can probably say it perfectly. Con- Let me get a robot guy to say it. Conscientiousness. 
You hear that? Conscientiousness. Conscientiousness. Listen to this. Copulation. Copulation. What's the copulation of this town? <laughs> Let me check this. Conscientiousness. Conscientiousness. That's when uh, that's the cons of she entering this. Conscientiousness. So that doesn't even make any fucking sense. All right, we'll make it an idea. Um, behavioral characters such as level of generosity or the propensity for alcoholism. Hmm. Alcoholism plays a key role in mating, I guess. Educational attainment and IQ or general intelligence. Moreover, whereas in the past, the woman typically looked for a man of high status. Hypergamy. Hmm. A sign of access to resources, while the man was usually willing to marry down the socioeconomic ladder. Hypogamy. If the woman was... If the woman was had... Good, if the woman was, had good domestic skills. Again, this is all coming from Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. Uh, was younger and good looking. Uh, signs of fertility. In the modern world, fer- and had signs of fertility. In the modern world, people tend to desire intelligent and well educated children. You know, we all desire intelligent and well educated children. I just love a smart fucking kid. And, we, and marrying bright people who make a lot of money goes a long way in achieving that goal. Results in the intensification of economic assortive mating. Wait, resulting in the intensification of economic assortive mating. Furthermore, the age gap between two mar- partners has declined. In other words, men and women become more symmetrical in the socioeconomic traits they desire to mate. Among the aforementioned traits, the correlation in age, race, or ethnicity, religion, education, attainment, and intelligence between spouses, and fuckity fuck fuck fuck, I'm trying to learn mating strategies. Here we go. Alright, short term and long term mating. Okay, wait, 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 what is this? I'm seeing some funny stuff down this page. This is all on Wikipedia. One prominent hypothesis is that the ancestral women selectively engage in short-term mating with men capable of transmitting genetic benefits to their offspring, such as health, disease resistance, or attractiveness. See good genes theory and sexy son hypothesis. So now we're going to learn about the sexy son hypothesis. Let's bring this up. This has a little bird on here, a European piad fly catcher. The sexy son hypothesis... In Evolutionary Biology and Sexual Selection, proposed by Patrick G. J. Weatherhead. He's a regular weatherhead. He used to give good weatherhead. That's when you blow someone while it's raining. <laughs> weatherhead. And Raleigh J. Robertson of Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, in 1979, states that a female's ideal mate choice among potential mates is one whose genes will produce male offspring with the best chance of reproductive success. This implies that other benefits the father can offer the mother or offspring are less relevant than they may may appear, including the capacity as a paternal caregiver, uh, territory, and any nuptial gifts. Fisher's principle means that the sex ratio, except in certain eusocial insects, is always near one-to-one between male and females. Yet what matters most are her sexy sons. 
future breeding successes more likely if they have a promiscuous father in creating large numbers of offspring carrying copies of her genes. The sexual uh, selection hypothesis has been researched in species such as the European peed flycatcher. So this is saying that uh, women will pick mates based on whether or not they will give them a sexy son. <laughs> uh, okay, sexual conflict. This is a part of the article. Refers to the conflicting goals of breeding males and females. It describes the diverging interests of males and females in optimizing their fitness. Um, from the viewpoint of any one partner, the best outcome would be for the partner's mate to care for the young, thus feeing, freeing up his or her, uh, her own resources, i.g. time and energy. That S slash he, but typically he can invest in further sex that may create additional offspring. In polygenous mating systems, sexual conflict means the optimization of male reproductive success by having mated with multiple females, even though the reproductive success of the polygenous mated female is, the, is thereby reduced. Such can be the case for the Guinean cock of the rocks, whose male members spend a majority of their time and energy maintaining their plumage and attempting to seek the most matings. Females, on the other hand, spend their time building and maintaining where they will lay their eggs and raise their young. So these are, uh, these are birds, the Guinean cock of the rock, who do, uh, in the pickup world, peacocking. I can see how this bird is like, he's trying to look fancy to attract different bird mates to fuck them and have as many bird babies as he can. Now, it's funny, this, this uh, sexy sun hypothesis is, yeah, is referring to, you know, the, the classic alpha-beta thing where the, the women want the short-term relationships with a guy who can fuck a lot of, uh, you know, ladies. So then they have a son that uh, also has those traits because then you're more likely to reproduce and then that would be that they want their alpha guy and then the beta guy would be the caregiver. <laughs> so that's the, the sexy son hypothesis follows this way of thinking, which is funny. And I'm meant to be talking about cannibalism, but I fell down this real um, hole here. <laughs> this pussy hole about sex. Uh, yeah, El the, the classic pickup artist, Alpha Fucks, Beta Bucks, the guy who can get all the chicks, you know, is uh, going to pass his genes on. Well, the guy who has money... Uh, We'll take care of them. You know, sexy son hypothesis. <laughs> if you don't know about that, just, you know, just Google it. Just Google, uh, Google alpha man and shit. Oh, shit, I'm getting a call. Oh, no, this isn't, this is my phone, how it rings. It makes a very scary noise like that because I like to be scared <laughs> when my phone rings. And we're back. Um, I muted my computer. Sorry for that little glitch there. Uh, the audio fucks up when you mute your computer. But I'm back to discussing fucking. <laughs> I did record for a little bit, and I don't even really know where I left off. This podcast, this podcast has been mainly about 
population. So things have been pretty good every time I click this little button and it says population. It's really been the uh, highlight of the podcast is me clicking this button and it's saying population. Okay, sorry. We're I was going to talk about sexual desire in humans and uh, let's learn about error management theory. Error management theory, EMT, is an extensive theory of perception and cognitive biases created by David Buss, or as I like to call him, David Bust, (laughs) and Marty Hasselton. How humans think and make decisions using heuristic and biases may be embedded in the human brain. Error management trading is a related area that uses this theory. The objective of it is to encourage trainees to make errors and encourage them in reflection to understand the cause of these errors and to identify suitable strategies to avoid making them in the future. That's error management theory. Um, Let me go back here. Um... Since males generally pursue a short-term mating strategy, the cost of not having sexual intercourse is higher than having sexual intercourse. Therefore, the cost for a male thinking a, fa- a female does not the cost for a male thinking a female does not desire fuck I'm reading crazy. Therefore, the cost for a male thinking a female does not desire to engage in sexual intercourse when in fact she does is higher than perceiving a female does what to have is higher than perceiving a female does what to have does want to have sexual intercourse when she does want when she does want to engage in intercourse what the fuck am i reading i feel like now i'm reading rape science <laughs> Uh, Okay, I'm going to restart this whole sentence. Since males generally pursue a short-term mating strategy, the cost of not having sexual intercourse is higher than having sexual intercourse. So so incels are actually not doing good. (laughs) Therefore, the cost for a male thinking a female does not desire to engage in sexual intercourse when in fact she does is higher than perceiving a female than perceiving a female does want to have sexual intercourse when she does want to engage in intercourse. So the cost for believing a lady does when female doesn't no if she does not that has a higher cost than thinking she does and she wants though. I don't know. Let me read the rest. Conversely, since females generally pursue a long-term strategy, the cost of having sexual intercourse is higher than not having sexual intercourse. Therefore, the cost for a female of perceiving a male wants to invest when he does not is higher than perceiving a male doesn't not want to invest when in fact he does want to invest. Due to these costs, Males and females have developed separate psychological mechanisms where males overperceive female desire for sex and females underperceive male commitment. What? Where males overperceive female desire for sex and females underperceive male commitment. 
However, males accurately perceive fam- female commitment, and, fam- and females accurately perceive male sexual interests. However, males accurately accurately perceive female commitment, and females accurately perceive male sexual interests. Okay, so dudes know chicks want to commit, and chicks know that dudes just want to fuck. But they they wrongly think about who wants to commit and who wants to fuck the other way around. Like, dudes don't think that ladies want to fuck as much as they do. And chicks don't think guys want to commit as much as they do. Is what I'm learning from this thing on Wikipedia. And this is true about life. But I'm way off topic. I I initially wanted to talk about cannibalism. And uh, now I'm talking about fucking. And I hope... You learned a little bit right there from me reading off this Wikipedia article. Um, Human mating strategies, the Wikipedia page. A treasure trove if you want to learn about human mating. Um, Hopefully that drinking of water (laughs) tantalized you. Flirting. What is the technical term of flirting? To bond or express sexual interest, people flirt. Flirting can involve nonverbal signs, such as an exchange of glances, hand touching, hair touching, verbal signs, such as chatting up. Chatting up is flirting. Flattering comments, an exchange of telephone numbers to enable further contact. Well, if exchanging of telephone numbers is flirting, then me and the guy working at the T-Mobile store are gonna fuck. (laughs) Oh, Wikipedia, how silly you've become. So let me just backtrack all the way back to me wanting to talk about cannibalism. I was going to talk about the Donner Party, you know, when they went to Oregon. The Oregon Trail. It was a family that ate itself to survive. Maybe you'll learn that about school if you're in America. Maybe not. But I really divulged into sexual stuff. Um, There's a lot of... What is this? You know, I can't keep going off into this. Flirting. We learned about flirting. We learned about... Copulation. Copulation. (laughs) Um, And... I think I might call this copulation and cannibalism. Because that seems like a fun name. I forget what I said before. I've, I'm recording all over the place here. I stopped multiple times and edited together. So don't so don't worry if my flows change throughout. If you made it this far, you can find me on Instagram at Matt Miller Real. <laughs> find me on YouTube, Matt Miller Real Comedy. I love you. Buy my merch. Okay, goodbye. That's enough sex talk for now. <laughs> Maybe next time you can learn a little bit more about spiders and humans. But until then, I'm going to be rushing through the audio like I am now. Uncertain if you're really grabbing the info or if... I don't know why I keep talking. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye.